Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kia ora. I'm Barry Guy with Extra Time, a web-only sports show from Radio New Zealand Sport. This week we hear from Black Caps coach Mark Greatbatch about their upcoming tour. What now for the All Whites following their unbeaten World Cup run? And video technology returns to rugby's NPC. But first, one of the greatest cricketers ever has played his last Test match. The Sri Lankan Mutai Muralitharan claimed his 800th Test wicket as he helped Sri Lanka to a 10-wicket victory over India in the second Test in Gaul. The 38-year-old off-spinner made his debut in 1992 and 134 Tests later finished with 800 wickets. Australian leg spinner Shane Warne is second on the list with 708 from 145 tests. New Zealand's greatest bowler, Sir Richard Hadley, finished his career with 431 wickets from 86 tests. I asked him about Murali's achievement. Quite remarkable. Uh, there's no doubt he's been controversial, uh, but at the same time, uh, over what an 18-year period, 800 uh, test wickets, an average of 22, what, 70-odd bags of five wickets in an innings. I mean, those stats are just unbelievable. Uh, I have a great deal of uh, admiration for one, his long, uh, longevity, uh, his skill factor, and I think over a long period of time he's been one of the most feared uh, bowlers in world cricket. Uh, not that he delivers the ball fast, but his uncanny skill of flight and spin and variation, uh, he's deceived batsmen all around the world in different conditions, and so he'll go down as the greatest ever, certainly statistically, and I would think uh, as a bowler generally. So uh, well done to the man. Uh, back in your time, you know, 400, but I mean, uh, it, it, a figure like that would, would seem just sort of uh, beyond belief. Well, yeah, but Fred Truman said the same thing when he got 300 test wickets, didn't he? That um, whoever went beyond that would be bloody tired. Well, uh, imagine how Mattia is at the moment after all those balls and overs that he's bowled. But records are there to be broken. Uh, It's hard to envisage, though, I would think anyone going beyond uh, what Murali has done. Uh, One would think that they would have to play 150 tests, and for a bowler to do that and strike at five and a half wickets a test match... uh, uh, you'd have to be almost superhuman to do that. And I think, quite frankly, Murley has been that uh, over a long period of time. So uh, you never deny people success. You can only sit back and uh, admire it and um, and say, well played. And, of course, the slow bowlers, I mean, Shane Warne wasn't too far behind, you know, is obviously not as hard on the body. Well, yes, well, not so much, uh, I suppose... Uh, uh, the stress and strain that a fast bowler puts on his body, but then again with a spinner, the um, uh, the amount of pressure that goes, well, particularly with Warney being a leg spinner, the amount of pressure that goes on the shoulder uh, and on the wrist and on the fingers, there's uh, not so much pressure on the fingers for uh, for quick bowlers, I can assure you, but for spin bowlers, the wear and tear in other parts of the body uh, are certainly there. Uh, that was a tremendous battle with uh, Warner Murley over a period of time when uh, one was getting ahead of the other and uh, chasing each other. And I had those sorts of battles with uh, with Ian Botham, of course, way back in my time. And uh, it, it's a great sense of satisfaction to get ahead of your rival 
to be a pace setter and the fact that Murley has gone beyond what anyone thought uh, would be ever achievable in the game uh, is quite extraordinary. And I, I think uh, 60-something five-wicket bags in an, in an innings, uh, it just goes to show how dominant he was and obviously how effective he was to help the Sri Lankan team. Well, he was not only um, winning matches, but he was uh, also winning uh, tournaments in, in, in one-day games um, as well. So, I mean, he's been uh, a multi-performer in all forms of the game, just not test cricket. And so by the time you add in all his one-day wickets, uh, it'll be, what, I don't know, what, 1,200 uh, international wickets or so. I mean, uh, that, 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 that's fantastic. You touched uh, on it a little earlier about his action. You don't think that will ever sort of take away anything from his achievements? Well, I guess people will always talk about it. Uh, it was certainly unusual. He was suspect, and, and yes, he got called for uh, throwing many, many years ago, but he went through a process, and whenever one has a suspect action, then uh, there is a process to go through. But the bottom line is, uh, with the way the law is and um, with the uh, what the elbow flex, I think it's something like 15 degrees these days, he's within that. And so I don't think we can hold um, anything against him. Uh, if there was a problem many, many years ago, he would have been literally thrown out of the game. Well, he survived 18 years, so let's respect uh, the performance that he's been able to put up over a long period of time. You were an all-rounder. You know, Murley's a bowler. Can you sort of make comparisons to like an overall cricketer achievement with, say, uh, Brian Lara or Sachin Tendulkar's achievements with the bat, can compare them in any way? Uh, well, I mean, you'd have to, you, you could statistically sit down and probably work something out, but uh, let's say that, um, you know, Sachin and Lara and Bradman and all these guys will go down the history as the greatest batsman ever, but um, uh, with Murley as the bowler, statistically the greatest and uh, undeniably uh, one of the finest performers ever with the ball. Sir Richard Hadley. After a couple of months away in the wake of the 2020 Cricket World Cup in the Caribbean, the Black Caps resumed their international programme shortly with a tri-series in Sri Lanka involving the hosts and in India. Their first match is on August the 10th, but first they'll spend a week in Darwin acclimatising to the heat and humidity. They'll be without key players, skipper Daniel Vittori and Brendan McCullum, who are on parental leave. Black Caps coach Mark Greatbatch spoke to cricket reporter Stephen Hewson about the programme ahead. We've had uh, groups of guys going to Brisbane over the last month doing some outdoor training and working really hard, um, really pushing the guys hard physically, not just with fitness but with their skills, keeping them outside all day, trying to get them fitter and stronger. Um, because, you know, it's interesting that, you know, the scientific side of things these days, uh, GPS and stuff, guys are travelling between 10 and 15 k's for one of national. So we've got to simulate that at, at practice time. And that's a, that's a fair bit of running and, and, and running around at, at good intensities so for us to be competitive um, going forward and you know not just at the World Cup but beyond. We've got to have athletes that are strong and fit and are able to to sustain that. Has that been the focus? Do you think? You've, I mean, you've talked about sort of replicating playing scenarios in the last sort of couple of months. Is that sort of the major factor you've looked at doing in recent time? Uh, going forward, we've had a plan from three or four months ago, um, you know, prior to going away to, we just started it before we went away to uh, the 2020 World Cup in the West Indies. That's a real real focus. It's not the only focus. I mean, at the end of the day, you can have the fittest guys, but if they don't produce the skill uh, and don't have the mental capacity to, to compete at, at that, you know, there's a, there's a big collation between being physically fit and mentally fit. 
Um, and I think England are a really good example. They previous years they haven't been as fit. You know, they've looked fitter, they look stronger, um, mentally they look tougher. They've won a, a 2020 World Cup, which, you know, credit to them. They've also gone, gone home and beaten Australia in a one-day series. So, um, you know, we, we've really got up the ante in this area. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, a really good challenge over the next 10 months with the players and, and, and other people involved helping them. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the players being willing to sacrifice a lot to play for their country and uh, get stuck in and... I know it's their job, but uh, it's really important that they, um, you know, we want to be seen as a hard-working, confident cricket team. And, you know, if we can do that, we'll, we'll be a chance. Uh, I suppose the fact you go into an environment like Sri Lanka too makes it all the more important. That's right. And, you know, we've got a great calendar this year. I mean, some people say, God, you know, why you go into the subcontinent three times or uh, well, four with the World Cup? But it's great preparation. Um, and I think Asia is a great place to tour because it, gives you an opportunity to get together as a group and, and, and get close and, and, and talk to each other about the game. And, and that's a really important part. You know, we need to start engaging a lot more, not just when we do well, but when we aren't so good. Why aren't we so good? You know, how are we going to get better? Um, so, you know, it's, it's an exciting time. And, you know, I know that everybody is uh, excited about the winter and had a little bit of a break. And uh, obviously we haven't got our captain and, and, and Brendan McCullum, but that gives other opportunities to people to, to express themselves. Are you saying there you feel there needs to be a greater sense of team or team building? I think it's there. I think it's there um, for, for periods. Um, I think they play a lot of cricket these days, and, and I think it's uh, it's really important that we take stock and where we're at and, and what we're there for. I mean, we're it's quite an unusual vocation, really. You know, you have your own family back at home here, and, and you really want to be with them. Um, but the reality is, you're with another family, and, it, and it's not the same. But You've got to make that work, and there's ways of doing that. Uh, and it comes down to each individual, you know, sacrificing um, what they need to do. You know, they need to get themselves as, as, as ready as they can. They need to help other people. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I think we're nine-tenths of the way there. I think it's just the last bit that we need to nail. And if we can do that this winter, um, you know, I think we'll uh, be competitive. And when you get competitive, you get a chance to win a game of cricket and, then you get a chance to win a series. So it's not going to be easy in the subcontinent. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't want to have lofty goals. You know, Sri Lanka we're going without our two best players, uh, probably. Um, but um, you know, what a great challenge to try and win a tri series against India and Sri Lanka in, in Asia. Could that be the upside of not having Dan Vittoria and Brendan McCullum there, in the sense that it puts that responsibility on other players and also maybe. Bonds more as a team, as opposed to looking to those guys to maybe dig you out of a hole at any particular time. Oh, I agree. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's expectation. It's um, you know, there's opportunities for players to play to a high level. Uh, Ross Taylor's going as as captain for the first time, and I think he's very excited about that role and and you know his own game. He wants to perform at a high level and and also help others get get themselves ready to. To, to compete, so I, I think it is. A, I agree with you. I think it's a, it is a good opportunity. We'll miss having those guys because they're, they're, they're bloody good people and they're bloody good cricketers. Uh, and they're competitive. You know, they're hard-nosed um, international players. And um, but we need to breed some more. And, and here's an opportunity for us to do that. As a coach, does it uh, provide any greater challenge touring the, the likes of Sri Lanka and India? I think it's crucial that everyone you know involved has to have a really good 
positive attitude about where they're going, whether it's Sri Lanka or Bangladesh or India. If you don't, you know, you, you get found out. So I think that's a really crucial part. And we're away from home, so we, we'll sort of definitely be uh, working hard on that team, that New Zealand feeling of, of you know, that's what we're about. And, and you know, that, you know, there is one common denominator here. You know, they're, they're playing international sport, they're playing for the the country, they're playing for their livelihood. But, you know, playing for New Zealand is, is the common denominator we all have or, or, or working, you know, to try and help New Zealand win. And, and I think that, above anything else, is, is where we need to be at. And uh, and I think, as I said, I think we're 19th of the way there. I think it's just working hard in that area to, to get better. That's Black Caps coach Mark Greatbatch talking to Stephen Hewson. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports show from Radio New Zealand Sport. The All Whites parade through Wellington this week could be as close as the public comes to seeing the side in action on home soil, with the prospects of them playing an international in New Zealand before the end of the year fading. New Zealand football had hoped to celebrate the All Whites' unbeaten run at the World Cup in South Africa with a game here in October, so the profile of the team and the sport could be maintained. But Chief Executive Michael Glading says New Zealand's geographic isolation is proving difficult to overcome. We haven't got anything landed at this point, but uh, we're, we're still uh, opening as many doors as we can and, and talking to a few countries, but uh, unfortunately nothing landed at this point. How far off do you think you might be? Uh, it's a bit like saying when you're going to catch the next big fish. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to think we're, we're, we're close, but um, it, you know, it, it's like all these negotiations. They take a while, and uh, uh, most of the time you're working through match agents. So, um, yeah, it, it's very hard to judge, to be honest. It, look, it, it is difficult, and I think um, uh, it highlights again the problem we've got with the All Whites is that uh, to get teams to come down to New Zealand is not an easy process. Is there a, there a danger there might not be anything? I guess there's always a danger, because uh, except that you know, I guess we're we're uh, knocking on as many doors as we can, and we've got a, uh, you know a few expressions of interest. So this is not unusual. Uh, I guess the only unusual part is that we've sort of told the public this is what we're trying to do, whereas normally we just try and do it and then and then announce the outcomes. Are you a little nervous, given that I mean, I suppose that the fact that there has been so much talk about it is because of the whole sort of cashing in on the on the All Whites World Cup efforts. And so then to not actually have anything on the off the back of it would must be a concern. Yeah, that, it is a concern. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, as I say, all you can keep doing is your best. And and you know, as I say, we, we, it's not that we're getting a negative response, um, but but uh, these things aren't easy. Does it come down to cash? Uh, cash comes a part of it. There's no doubt about that. But it's a number of factors. Uh, including the logistics, obviously, for a lot of these countries. Um, we have had examples in the last couple of weeks where, where a, a country shows a great degree of interest and then sits down and works out their own logistics and realises how far the players have to travel and they lose interest. Even in South American countries, you'll find that uh, a high percentage of their players are playing in Europe now. So the logistics of travel uh, uh, make it always make it very, very difficult. Who have you spoken to that has subsequently said no? I prefer to just keep that uh, to my, ourselves, to be honest with you, because uh, whilst they may have said no this time, there, uh, there might be uh, a yes around the corner in the future. So tend to just keep those things uh, close to our chest. Um, we've got good relationships with a number of countries and uh, certainly going to you know, make sure we maintain those. The 
efforts in South Africa. Have you found it's opened a few more doors? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest plus uh, of our efforts in South Africa, or the team's efforts in South Africa, is that we are seen as a far more credible opposition than we were in the past. So I think that uh, there's no doubt that, as I say, when you when we are now approaching countries, we're getting uh, we're certainly not getting the door slammed in our face. Um, but as I said, you still go back to that uh, the tyranny of distance, if you like, which is still a factor. Michael Glading of New Zealand Football. Meanwhile, the All Whites goalkeeper Mark Paston says he can't wait to get back into action again after his heroics at the World Cup. Paston will prop up one end of the Wellington Phoenix side when they take on the Argentinian club side Boca Juniors in an A-League pre-season match at Westpac Stadium. Their World Cup ended a month ago and he says he's had no problem settling back into the Wellington winter and club football. Great to be back, to be fair. It's, um, the pitch is looking good and the weather's, uh, to be honest, it's not too bad. It's overcast and it's uh, a bit of rain on the ground, but it's actually probably perfect football conditions, so I can't wait for the game. And how about uh, just settling back in, you know, after the World Cup? Yeah, it's, um, it's not a problem. I've said before, the first week was a little bit difficult. Obviously, the lifestyle change was a, a slight change, um, but no, it's, it's gone really well. I suppose having a family, you have to adjust quick, don't you? You do, yeah. A 11-month-old boy um, makes you adjust pretty quickly. So, um, But no, it's been fun um, chasing him around the house in the last few weeks. What about adjustments on the field and with the Phoenix and that sort of thing? How's that gone? Anything major? Oh, nothing at this stage. But we've got a, obviously a few guys here on trial and there's been a few changes, as, as there always is pre-season, having a few different personnel. So um, that's part past the pre-season. What about uh, more or less? You didn't have an off season, did you? I suppose in a way, you're straight back into it. Not, not really. I'm, obviously, I was a little bit different with um, obviously my broken leg. I had obviously three or four months off, which um, to me wasn't really much of a holiday. Um, but yeah, um, I can't wait. You know, to obviously start playing again. It's um, I, I feel sort of fresh and ready to go. So uh, I'm not really good with my players. Going to be suffering from burnout. Uh, nice and quiet here, no vivacellas. I suppose there's ringing in the ears from other things, is there? Or? <laughs> Just children, mate. So, no, it's, um, yeah, I think if you get one or two of them, it might be quite annoying if you're sitting next to one, but um, you know, it's with uh, 20,000, I, I think it quite, creates quite a sort of a special atmosphere, but um, I can imagine, if, as I say, if you're sitting next to one person with one, it'd probably drive you up the wall. Now, with your performances in South Africa, there was talk of um, some interest, perhaps overseas. Is there anything eventuated? There's been a few inquiries here and there but um, obviously I'm, I'm still here at this stage so um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to stay here if that's the case if something comes up that obviously suits me and one from Phoenix, um, yeah great but as, as I say at this stage I'm, I'm looking forward to the season And how's uh, Ricky been him, you know, coming back straight into this, you know has it sort of been uh, seamless really the whole thing? Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I'm just used to having him as a coach. Just, I've had him for the last sort of five years, so it's uh, for me, it's uh, um, yeah, it's same old. So looking forward to obviously another season with Ricky. And uh, the match tonight. I mean, uh, conditions may not be sort of uh, ideal, but um, you know, you're, you're looking forward to. It? Yeah, looking at the pitch, it looks great, and um, hopefully, the, as long as the wind stays away and there's to be honest, a little bit of um, moisture on the ground, actually helps the game. So um, as I say, it, it looks great at this stage. And what about Boca Juniors? Yeah, they're obviously uh, with Manchester United of South America, so um, it's going to be a big test for us. Um, But I think it's the sort of test we need pre-season, obviously going into um, August 13. And what about the Phoenix, though? I mean, how have they, you know, the the pre-season gone and that sort of thing? You know, what what can we expect from them tonight? Um, Obviously uh, a lot of endeavour. Hopefully we're going to have our fair share of the ball. I think I've I've found playing South American teams in the past, um, they tend to have a more than their fair share of positions so uh, as I say it's going to be a big test for us and uh, and obviously we haven't had a, a settled line-up for a while because it's been pre-season and there's been a number of trialists but um, you know, we've got obviously a few more players back now so um, that'll help.
And the anticipation for the season, you know, such a, a good season last year, I suppose uh, uh, your standards are, uh, are higher as well, but the fans will be looking forward to more of the same? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Like, oh, I set my standards high and I'm probably my biggest critic, so um, you know, I'm sort of looking, looking to carry things through off the end of the season. Uh, so the form that you showed at the World Cup, you'd be pretty happy with that, though? I hope so, yeah. It's, um, a few more clean sheets would be great. So you're pretty excited about the whole you know, season's not far away? Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm a, obviously, I'm a, I'm a footballer and you know, I just want to get out of the pitch and um, it's uh, it sort of pits you off against the best players. So um, I can't wait for, obviously, to, um, the game to roll around and uh, obviously then to the season to start. Mark Paston and the A-League season starts for the Phoenix in three weeks. Plenty of rugby players and fans will be happy to know that the use of video referees will return for this season's National Provincial Championship, known as the ITM Cup. TMOs were dropped last year as a cost-cutting measure, but they've been reinstated this season and will be stationed on the touchline with a TV monitor to analyse replays. The previous system involved specifically appointed match officials with their own booths and additional match cameras which cost several thousand dollars per game. Referees manager Lyndon Bray is delighted they've been able to bring the service back. We've reached a really good agreement with Sky TV in particular and also our um, ref talk suppliers who uh, Murray Tregoning and Associates. And what we've been able to do is negotiate a access to the sideline monitor, uh, which is at every ground and set up by Sky for their comments people. And we'll have a, a headset set up uh, specifically for our television match official so that he can talk directly to the Sky TV director from that monitor. Uh, And they've agreed to give us primary access to that monitor while a uh, a TMO call is being made. So, you know, we couldn't have done this without the support of Sky. We're we're incredibly grateful for their... um, their openness to actually make this happen because I think it's in all our interests. I mean, firstly, Sky would love to see the TMO involved in the competition. Uh, so would we from a refereeing perspective. And obviously the team coaches have made their views very clear that uh, whatever we can do to have a TMO, um, it's for the better uh, for the competition. So will the TMO get a choice of replays or simply whatever Sky is offering to its viewers? Uh, they will get the choice, just exactly uh, as as per a, a normal setup. So because they've got the headset and they can talk to the director, um, the normal process is that let's say there's two or three um, camera angles available, and that's entirely dependent on the the footage at the time. Uh, he can then, as a TMO, ask the director for any one of those replays to be repeated, uh, and and that was pretty important to the process that we we're able to solve that logistical issues so that he can actually communicate uh, and there's a bit of an added expense from Sky's point of view to provide that which um, is great that they've been prepared to do. Will there be a limit to the number of replays in, in a sense to speed things up? Yeah it'd be, it'd be no different to usual and I mean the, the, the only difference with ITM Cup versus say Super 14 or Test Rugby is you do have less cameras um, and that's always been acknowledged in, in this competition. Uh, even two years ago when we had the full television match official we are actually dealing with less cameras so the only impact on the amount of replays a television match official has is dependent on the amount of angles Sky can capture uh, at any you know at that given moment so that's the only restriction for the TMO.
Is there any discussion about sort of limiting the number of replays? Because you get to the point, well, after two or three, well, if you can't decide by then, surely there's enough doubt. Yeah, look, I think that's that's part of the the education and the the experience of each each guy who's doing that role. So, um, you know, we we certainly encourage them to be definitive uh, and you know make a make a good strong decision uh, as early as they can. But at the same time, you never want to compromise getting it right. So. Uh, if they need to watch a, a specific replay again, uh, I mean that's their prerogative. And the, the bottom line is, there's no point going to technology if you you're going to short circuit it and get it wrong. Was there? I mean, I suppose why have you gone with the assistant referee as opposed to the the referee? I mean, in the NFL, it's the the referee, isn't it, that comes to the sideline? I suppose you've, you've seen that and yeah, check, um, to, to check the situation. It's actually the the subs controller or, or alternatively sideline manager as opposed to the assistant referee. Okay. Um, and the the primary reason's a time issue. Uh, you've got, I guess it's quite messy if you're going to say to an assistant ref or a referee who's away down one end of the paddock, um, potentially in the far corner to run all the way to a sideline monitor at halfway. Uh, we did look at monitors at the dead ball line. Um, but that, you know, unfortunately, again, is a considerable expense in that. Uh, you'd have to have a monitor at both ends with cabling all the way around. So, you know, that, that was just cost prohibitive. Uh, and we decided the best process was in real time to have someone who's very close to that monitor. And we've got some very experienced people who act as sideline managers um, and have been doing it for some time. So we're really confident we've got the right people in the right place to make those calls for us. I suppose there must be a fair bit of or relief because, as you mentioned, there was a lot of talk from coaches in particular last year at the fact that there wasn't uh, replays available, no TMO. That must be a major relief. Oh, it is. I, I think both you know both the teams and the referees were always keen to be able to have a solution. Uh, I mean, we all understood the reality of the, the cost of the exercise, but... It is a relief to have the process in place. I mean, it is a professional game um, at the ITN Cup level and uh, they deserve us being able to have the opportunity to get it right. Uh, you know, notwithstanding the fact that I think the referees in, in judgment call situations where a lot of players involved going across the line, you, you want the referee to take ownership uh, where he can of those decisions. Uh, I thought Elaine Rolland did that superbly on Saturday night as a good example of that, but you know, where we get caught is where you've got a very obvious scenario that the referee, through uh, unfortunate circumstance, just got no view of, and, and you just can't award it. And I, and I think that they're the ones that we want to get right in this competition. You expecting a stampede of players towards that monitor? <laughs> uh, no, uh, and we've, look, we've had some good dialogue with the team managers and coaches, and, uh, you know, we, we've got to keep right on top of that. Uh, they'll be all advised as a team that they've got to stay in their technical zone during a TMO call. Uh, and, look, we're all going to have to stay true and, and be professional around the people who have to, to play the TMO role out on the field. So I'm pretty confident we'll get full support of that with the coaches and managers. NZRU Referees Manager Lyndon Bray talking to Stephen Hewson. That's the show for this week. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next Friday. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.